interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Before we get into this interview, I have a bit of a disclaimer. Anything that could have gone wrong did, in fact, go wrong. I had all kinds of technical difficulties before I uh, hopped on Zoom with Rebecca. And then once on Zoom, Rebecca had all kinds of technical difficulties. And then we had a cat. So... Hilarity and chaos ensues, as it always does. That being said, it was really, really awesome to interview Rebecca Kennedy about Two Witches. Had a blast, and I think it was a pretty solid interview. So, enjoy. Welcome to the Man-Made MonsterCast. It's a very special episode. I am your host, Rob138. Today, I have a very special guest. She has acted alongside Nick Cage and Ron Perlman as well as genre legends like Mark Singer. However, today, she's here to talk about her brand new film, Two Witches. I'm here today with the incomparable, incredible, and all-around super awesome, Miss Rebecca Kennedy. Hello, Rebecca. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me. That was so lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so, love the film. Uh, today, fourth watch for me. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Super, super, super love it. I've recommended it to... Just about everybody who will listen to me talk about it. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, with that said, I just wanted to jump right into maybe some early stuff in your career. I, I read that you started acting around age 12 uh, for the stage. Um, can yep. you tell me a little bit about that? Like, what, what made you want to act? So, I remember, so when I was four, my mom took me to see my first stage play. Also, I apologize in advance if you hear my cat in the background because she's... You're probably going to hear mine, too. Crazy now. Of course, as soon as I started this interview. <laughs> uh, so my mom took me to see my uh, the first my first play when I was four. And I don't really remember the play or anything like that or what, what prompted me. I just remember looking at her and saying, I want to do that. I want to be on the stage with them. And at the time, my mom was like, yeah, sure. Like, you're four. You know, <laughs> like, what do you know? Kind of thing. And kind of, you know, didn't really take it too seriously. And then as time went on, um, I kept kind of bugging her about it. And finally, when I was 12, I didn't make the cheerleading team, you know, the cheerleading squad at my school. And so finally, my mom was like, all right, let's, you still want to try this acting thing? And I was like, yes. So she found me like a local, basically local um, children's group that, you know, everybody that wanted to be in it could be, could be in it. And you know, to see if this was actually something I wanted to do because it's very different from wanting to do something and actually doing it. Cause you know, it's like, I could hate it. I could not be good. You know, there's, there's many, many things that could have happened. So we tried that and I just fell in love. I just fell in love with it. And that was it. I literally have never, I have not stopped acting since. Um, 
obviously have tra transitioned um, into film and TV, but um, but I yeah, that was literally the start, and I haven't stopped since. That's awesome. Speaking of your transition, you've had television roles on things like Law and Order, Criminal Minds, and Station Nineteen, where you played kind of arguably more sweet and decidedly less creepy roles. <laughs> um, what brought you to the world of horror? Were you a fan of horror before you became an actor? I have been. I, I watched my first horror film when I was uh, 11, which was the It miniseries. Okay. And I loved it. And that was kind of my introduction to horror. And then I just um, fell in love and I, I've been watching it ever since. I never imagined that I would be acting in horror films like that wasn't necessarily like oh I want to act in horror when I was young it just that's kind of what happened um you know happened to be the first things I kind of booked go you know when I first started out and so you know it's been so lovely I, I love the genre I love acting in it so it kind of worked out in my favor um just wasn't something I necessarily was like I want to be in horror films um but I'm glad that that is what I have um you know been able to do along with you know other things that you mentioned as well um it's kind of worked out to uh in in, in my favor <laughs> yeah i think the the horror bug usually bites us when we're young i i you know as listeners of the podcast know i was a monster kid i remember sitting on the floor with my dad watching the monsters and the adams family and the classic universal monster movies and horror is just it's once it gets you it's it's very easy to fall in love Absolutely. And there's so many subgenres. There's so many, if, you know, if you don't like slashers, there's, you know, supernatural, there's all different kinds of things for different fans, which is, that's, what's amazing about it is um, you can find something for everybody within that genre. That's yeah, it's super inclusive, the community and the genre as a whole. Um, two witches. <laughs> I read that this was kind of a last minute uh, casting for you how did it all come about yeah so they had uh they needed to fill the role um and uh christina who plays rachel you know my roommate in the film who's lovely lovely actor and lovely person uh recommended me to the director she sent the sent uh, me the script and was like hey you know we're needing to film masha would you take a look at the script and see what you think and I read it and I immediately was like, yes, I'm in. <laughs> like, I've never played a witch before. I've never played someone so evil. Um, and just, you know, being able to dive into that and find the different layers of her and the different, um, I was really excited to be able to do that. And so I was like, yes, please send the director my my materials. So she sent him my stuff and that was it. Like he, we talked and then um, shortly, I, I was it was during a Thanksgiving break and when I came back, um, we started shooting. So a couple days, pretty much a couple days after I got back. So um, it was kind of a quick, like I said, quick into into it. But you know, it was kind of kind of nice because Masha is kind of someone that is thrown into this world that she doesn't really totally understand. Um, so it felt a little uh, chaotic for me, which I think worked for her too. So, so the the film was in production during the pandemic, wasn't it? Um, yes, uh, we started before the pandemic, but we finished um, during. How did that affect everything as an actor? Um, you know, it's interesting because we were working, especially near the end, we were working with some older actors. So, uh, for instance, some of the scenes, um, especially the one at the very end within the coven, um, we filmed all of that separately. So when I filmed my part, there was actually no one else in there with me. So Pierre, would, um, the director, would tell me... Uh, okay, she's a witch is over here now, she's above, she's over here, and like where to look. 
um, and had, you know, what I needed to react to what was coming in. Um, and, I, you know, he did so beautifully uh, edited it together where you would never know that we were not in the same room. But um, so that were some of the challenges for sure. Uh, shooting during the pandemic was making sure that everybody was safe. And, you know, that was ultimately the, you know, the top priorities that everyone felt safe and comfortable, um, but also, you know, you know, hopefully not um, impacting the, the final product too much as well. Yeah, that, that ending scene was um, super, super creepy. <laughs> I I would have never guessed that it was was filmed separately, especially the the film really relies more on practical effects mm -hmm. and not so much. There's a cardboard head right here. Look at it. This is the thing. Like right, right. Which a lot of modern films like. I understand from a cost-effective standpoint, it works, but I feel like you really lose the intimacy of interacting with something at that point. Yeah, uh, it, you know, say for that scene, like you said, a lot of the movie was practical effects, which is great because then that gives you that thing to look at, that thing to interact with, um, which, you know, only helps a performance because you're not having to imagine what it would look like, um, which, you know, just in turn helps a lot. <laughs> Speaking of things to look at and things to interact with, your facial expressions <laughs> as Masha are the contortions and all of it are some of the most unsettling things that I've I've <laughs> ever seen. Um, first, I had a question about the, the whitening of the eyes. Was that CG or were those full contacts? Okay. No, that was CG. Yeah. Okay, because those contacts was... are, I've worn them before. They're very uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, I was really thankful that I didn't have to wear them, that it was done post, um, because I feel like that would have been another challenge to overcome as far as like, you know, being uncomfortable and like trying to um, work with that. And I don't wear contacts. I've, I've worn them once in a film and it took a very long time to get them in my eyes. So um, I was thankful that we could just do it uh, practically or uh, do it CGI for that for that moment. So what was your process of, of finding like those facial expressions? And to a greater extent, how did you find Masha, so to speak? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, Pierre, um, Pierre and I worked a lot on set um, as far as what the face uh, faces that I would do, um, you know, especially like the beginning um, scene. Um, he, you know, we, we in, in the moment he would be like, OK, um, pull something like this. And then I would try it and he's like, OK do something like this. And we would just try to see what would work um, because, you know, it's like I could practice before, but you don't really know what's going to sell um, until you're, you know, until you're looking through the lens, you know, until you're looking in the monitor and seeing what actually, you know, is creepy and, um, you know, how much to do, you know, pull back. Um, it's interesting because there's a, there's a scene at the, you know, the scene at the beginning, I, I do a face and, and someone mentioned that, oh, that's, you know, prosthetics. I'm like, no, that's actually just me. <laughs> Um, no prosthetics were used except for the very end, obviously, when I'm burned, you know, that obviously is, 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 uh, prosthetics, but yeah. So, you know, finding that in the moment was, was really fun and freeing and just, you know, trusting Pierre, the director that, um, it's my cat. <laughs> She's like, I want to be the star of this. Um, you know, finding the moment and trusting him that, you know, whatever we find will, will work. Um, cause you know, I'm not, I'm not looking, I can't see what he yeah. sees. So it was, uh, fun to kind of contort and figure out how to be as, as creepy as possible and how I could creep out 
my scene partner the most was kind of my objective for a lot of the film and a lot of the scenes was like, how can I make them the most uncomfortable possible? Um, so finding her was, was interesting in that because, you know, no villain thinks they're a villain, right? Everyone is the hero of their own story. Um, so, you know, from the outside perspective, if, you know, as Rebecca, I can, I can say that, yes, she is not a good person. Um, you know, perhaps just very lost and lonely and misunderstood, perhaps, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but as Masha, you know, she's not the villain. She, she does what she does in order to, to make her life better in her eyes and to survive and to, um, be, you know, she's just someone that desperately wants to be noticed and seen. And so I, you know, I, as an actor, come in to her that way, you know, come into her um, through those, through a lens of that, instead of just um, looking at her as someone who is evil, because that's, <laughs> that, there she is. Cameo. Behind. Cameo. Yeah. She's really in uh, true form today. Um <laughs> So looking at her in that, in that, can't even concentrate now. <laughs> this is fantastic. This is fantastic. Um, if you're not interested in this interview yet. Not to derail the question, but when you consider all of the, the chaos and even setting this up today, why not? Why not? I why mean, not? <laughs> really, I'm surprised she hasn't turned on the keyboard and just start playing it. Um, you know, it's just, she's absurd. Um <laughs> Is that's what we do with on set, right? Like all the all the chaos of things that happen, and you still have to be able to concentrate and do your job. Um, <laughs> so now, if people are only listening, they have to go look at the YouTube video to see what um, what we're talking about. Exactly, and <laughs> that's can just how see we the get tail, views. tail behind me. <laughs> well, on, on the subject of Masa's character, I love that the film plays with themes of heritage and family, and maybe destiny, and to to a degree, kind of discovering oneself. Masha sort of starts off very shy and quiet, is maybe not sure of the path that she's on, and layers kind of fall away, and she sort of embraces and sort of almost revels in what she becomes. I felt mm -hmm. like that might have been an allegory for finding your own identity, especially in today's society. Was that the intent, or am I completely overanalyzing the entire thing? No, I don't think you're overanalyzing at all. I love that, you know, different people are going to see different uh have different perspectives of what they feel like it says. Um, that absolutely is accurate. Um, and you know, the you know, we as people obviously don't have powers. Uh, well, some people might, but you know, I do not. Um, <laughs> but you know, you are in life trying to figure out where you belong, you know, where you fit in. Um, I think a lot of us can relate to the fact of feeling like we're not seen you know, and wanting desperately to someone to notice us good or bad. Um, she unfortunately takes the, the, the maybe not so good road to, to do it. But I think that very is very much accurate to um, finding yourself and coming into your own and finding your own power, um, whether it be good or bad. Um, you know, she, I can say, you know, I think she's pretty badass, you know, as far as um, finding that and, and owning it and um, not apologizing for it. So, yeah. Yeah, there there were several scenes that I'm just kind of like, oh, but you know what? Get it. Go, girl, <laughs> get it. <laughs> um, I know you've had past experiences with genre films like Season of the Witch, House Hunting, and Bastard, which, by the way, Bastard is impressively hard to track down. 
Yeah, it, you know, it didn't used to be. I don't know. Uh, I, I know you can still, I think you can still buy it on Amazon. I, but, love, yeah. I was trying to find a digital or, or something. I could not find it because I remember it was on my radar when it released because it was part of the, I think, Eight Films to Die For. Buzz, yes, yes. But I never grabbed the copy when I when I found it, and now I can't find it because I wanted to watch it in, in preparation for this interview today. But well, I will, I will, uh, I will definitely see if I can get you a copy to be able to watch it. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Um, yeah. That being said, Two Witches is looking to be kind of like your your breakout role, and it's kind of pushing you into the the screen queen territory, as it were. Some <laughs> actors embrace that. Uh, others run from it because they're afraid of being typecast. Do you have any similar concerns with respect to potentially being typecast or do you embrace the moniker of screen queen? I, I think I said this, I think in another interview, um, you know, the second word in that is cast. So I'm not too worried about um, being typecast in a certain way because it's, it's work, right? It work is work is work and work begets work. And there's so many actors that start out in one thing, like Chris Pratt, for instance, for many, many years played um, the goofy best friend, you know, or the, you know, douchebag um, friend, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, and now, you know, now he's playing very different roles. So I don't, I'm not too concerned about, um, being seen as one thing because also all of the, all the films you mentioned, all the roles are very different um, as well. So it might be within the same, you know, genre of horror, um, but, you know, they're all kind of different subgenres. like house hunting was psychological, um, bastard was more of a slasher. Um, you know, this is, I don't know, even a more, you know, like a witch tale. I'm not even sure really um, the best, uh, you know, it's not really a slasher, it's not really psychological, but it, you know, fits in there nice, nicely. So, you know, and all these roles have been so different um, as well. And, and roles that I have coming up that are also within the horror genre are totally different from, from these. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I, I take it, you know, as a compliment if, if someone wants to call me that um, because there have been many wonderful scream queens that have come before us. And so to be even somewhat lumped in to that group is an honor, really. I know I, for one, welcome you with open arms. Dream <laughs> queen for life. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. What was, and probably going to jump into spoiler territory. That's what we do here on the Monster okay. Cast. What was the most difficult scene for you to do in Two Witches and why? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so ironically, one of the harder scenes was um, when I show up at uh, Rachel's mom's house. Um, because a lot of the things weren't there. Um, like I didn't work with the bunny. <laughs> I, uh, Rachel filmed her stuff later under the table. Like a lot of this stuff wasn't there. Um, so it was like, um, and I, I, for some reason, it's funny. Cause it's like one of my, actually one of also one of my favorite scenes in the movie, ironically. Um, I just felt very on set. I felt very just like chaotic and out of sorts and out of, um, and I don't know why, like I first, like, you know, I filmed so much of the movie already, like this was near the end. So I'm not sure why I felt so just, um, out of my element, but also I think Masha is also feeling that way too. Like she is, you know, coming in with this confidence, but it's, you know, a put on too, you know, like she, she is trying to be this thing now that she right. feels like she should be. 
So I think I felt a little bit of that when I was filming of like, oh, this feels put on, but, but it, you know, it, I mean, not to say that it works, but I think it works, works in the movie. Um, but that was funny because that day I remember telling Pierre afterwards, like we, we need to reshoot that scene. Like it felt so, he's like, what are you talking about? It's great. I'm like, no, it felt so awful when I was doing it. <laughs> Um, but as, you know, as an actor, it's a good lesson because what we feel is often not what is actually seen, you know? So that's, that was probably one of the more challenging, I think just because of all the things that weren't there and, um, the different shifts in the scene and it was a long scene as well. And we shot a lot of that long, long take. So it's just making sure that all those beats hit and, um, working with, like I said, working with things that weren't there and like, it does it work. Um, so yeah, I think that was probably, um, ironically, you would think I would say the first scene of mine, but it's, <laughs> but that was not as difficult only because not only, but my, my scene partner, uh, partner Jacob was so, was so amazing that he, he made that scene, um, actually very comfortable and easy to do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something that I always wondered, like, I can't put myself in that headspace of being in scenes like that, um, that vulnerable. Uh-huh. with with people especially like co-workers you know i don't know but that is part of the acting trade so it's not for me to understand but i yeah i always wondered that um what was what was your favorite scene conversely oh that's a good question too i mean ironically i do like this the scene we were just talking about a lot um even though that ended up being a bit more challenging the one i felt the worst about um ended up being one of my favorites. Um, I also, I mean, there's so many, I mean, I hate to say like, oh, so many great scenes, but that just there were like... though. There were though. <laughs> but I had so, I mean, I had so much fun um, in that scene with Danielle, it was so great. Um, I had a great time working with Christina, especially when we were, um, when she's telling me the story and also when she comes back um, and accuses me of stealing her story, like that was really fun. Um, I got to work with my good friend, Lindsay Navez in the office scene. She played Rachel's coworker. That scene was really fun to film um, because it was just like, how can I make her the most uncomfortable <laughs> possible? Um, and Lindsay is so great in it. Um, and, I, and also the teeth was fun. Like the, I don't know, like it all, it all was, I can't, I don't really have just like one favorite because they were all um, had different special moments that were really fun um, to film. I, I really enjoyed the uh the bathroom scene which the the teeth scene it's it's weirdly like this super super awful evil version of almost female empowerment at some point yeah. with masha and again your facial expressions and the contortions it's just deeply unsettling <laughs> well thank you that yeah that was also challenging as well because so much of that was like practical, you know, with the teeth and it was just like, this is going to work. Does this like look weird? Is it too much? Um, that scene was also particularly, um, I feel like challenging when we were actually filming because I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to um, edit together. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it. <laughs> the the part where you put your hands in your mouth just before the teeth happened, uh, for my second viewing, I had friends over. I was like, you guys got to watch this. And I just wanted to see the reactions because like you know what's coming at the when yeah. you put your hands in your mouth like oh no 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 but i love it yeah and she's so great at megan as well so made it easy so arrow video they've 
got a pretty strong reputation amongst genre film fans for being like the creme de la creme when it comes to releases. How how important were they when they got on board for Two Inches? I mean, I to be honest, as an actor, I I didn't work with them initially, um, but I think you know I was so excited that um, they were signing on to distribute the film because I think they've really been behind it. They've really been pushing it. Um, out there, which is, which is amazing because more and more people are um, seeing it than maybe would have if, if we had a distributor that didn't care as much. Um, I love that they are so passionate about the film and love the film and are really pushing for people to see it. Um, And not just, you know, it's like, sometimes you get, you know, it's like, oh, it's released and then you never hear from them again kind of thing. Um, But they, you know, continually being sharing, you know, they just shared more photos today. Um, them continually being pushing it. Um, so more and more people are finding the film and it's uh, really cool to be a part of the Arrow video universe. Um, they have such great stuff on their platform. So it's really um, cool to be um, in that, um, on that site. I know I'm a huge Arrow fan and physical media is the way to go, everybody. Physical media, physical media. <laughs> well, I love, I love, absolutely love the art design Um that they that they did and the dvd looks um amazing or blu-ray dvd looks amazing so uh pleased with how all of that uh came out so it's just like i um have it ordered my for myself because i'm like oh i have definitely have to have a copy of that um for sure <laughs> there was a a secondary poster that i think that was just released it's actually there's a it's on the booklet in the physical edition that's like purple and green and mm-hmm. i absolutely adore it and i have to find a version of this poster so I can put it on my, my wall if I have space. I got Bride of Frankenstein there and Friday the 13th, all kinds of stuff. But it, the art is incredible. It it needs to be hung on walls. Oh, awesome. Yeah, they, um, well, I will talk. I can always get you a, <laughs> uh, a copy if um, if you need. I'll, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have uh, a couple questions from some listeners. Okay. Two Witches has some flavors of some all-time classic horror films like Rosemary's Baby, The Evil Dead, Suspiria. It kind of also straddles the line of classic folk horror and then modern contemporary kind of horror. So with that said, uh, this this listener wanted to know your favorite horror film. <laughs> oh, I, I, I that's great. Um, I It's so hard to answer favorite because I feel like I'm picking a favorite child, you know, it's like you have so many that you love um, and it's hard to pick one, but I guess if I have to pick one, which is very different from all of those ones you just mentioned, but um, I think my, my all time favorite, I have many, so this is not, this is just one of many, would be The Sixth Sense. I think that's one of my favorites. Um, it's not necessarily maybe a traditional horror, um, but it just, just like the, the combination of the performances, the the twist, the writing, the direction, um, the, the gorgeous cinematography, like just, it all just works so beautifully. Um, and even though when you, even when you watch it, you know the twist, I still feel like I catch things that maybe I didn't see, you know, the last time, I, first time I watched it or the last time I watched it. Um, it just works so well. Um, and just, I mean, Haley Joel Osment's performance is just truly, I mean, I don't know of any, can't hardly think of any other child actor that young that could convey that kind of fear and that kind of emotion where you be, like fully believe that this kid sees this stuff. Like it's not, it's not an act. It's not, I mean, he just is so incredible. And it's rare that I, 
you know, cry watching a horror film. And that's one that when, when I watch, I still get emotional because he is just so brilliant. Um, but I also love, you know, The Conjuring and Insidious and Sinister and all the ones you mentioned, um, going back to like The Exorcist and um, Shining and, you know, just like all of those. I love all of this. I mean, really like I'll watch any anything. <laughs> right. But if I have to pick a favorite, um, that is one of them. Yeah. So The Sixth Sense, I, I feel like when it came out, it, it did a whole lot of things that, that weren't being done at the time. It was... Yeah. It was dripping with atmosphere. It's also got one of the all-time creepiest memorable lines with I see dead people, mm -hmm. which I would argue you're in the dark now. <laughs> also sits very nicely next oh, to Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, I really feel like he, he turned some things for the genre and to be recognized um, by the big award, you know, big awards is, you know, not heard of often for those kind of films. So um, that, yeah, it was just really, um, a, you know, remarkable turn for horror, I think. Absolutely. Um, so another question here. It actually looks like it's a, it's a two-parter. Um, you've already had roles uh, alongside pretty impressive group, group of actors. You could act opposite any actor in the past and the present who would it be and why? Like the past is in like not no longer alive or sure, let's go with that. <laughs> or past is in like <laughs> maybe retired because uh, Rick Moranis is retired and I think uh, Joe Pesci is retired and right. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll go with like you know alive or dead maybe. Sure. Um, I'd say the alive. Uh, I mean, again, so many actors. <laughs> it's so hard to choose. There's I have a list of actors like I would die just to be in the same room with. Um, but one of the top ones would be Meryl Streep for me, for sure. Um, I feel like she just transforms in any role. She is different and yet like there's still an authenticity and a truth to it, yet she's not just playing herself. Um, you know, going from like the really, uh, deep emotional stuff to even like Devil Wears Prada, where it seemingly could have been a fluffy movie with a role that was whatever but yet she was just so captivating and so um such a boss <laughs> lady <laughs> as well um and such a brilliant performance um where you just can't take your eyes off her um yeah she's one that i mean even if i was just in the same room with her um that would be lovely <laughs> and i can just imagine working off her would just be um just really easy um as far as someone maybe no longer here uh there's again so many wonderful actors. Um, a couple I would say would be Heath Ledger and Robin Williams for sure. Oh, um, you know, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a huge I mean, fan of both. So. Yeah, I mean Heath Ledger. I feel like you know, obviously his his career was cut very short. Um, love to have seen you know what he could have done um, had he not passed away. But um, you know, looking back at his work is just just brilliant, and the, and the risks he took. Um, and like, let's say the Joker, for instance, and um, daring to step into territory that maybe hadn't been fully explored yet within that, within the superhero genre and making him feel like, you know, not, not to say the other Jokers in the past were not wonderful, they're all different, but um, he just made it such a, um, a live, a person that I feel like could be real. Right. Um, and kind of stepped out of the cartoons, um, thought and it was like okay this person could exist in this world 
now. Um, and just, you know, and then, you know, Robin Williams, I mean, what, what can you not say about him? I mean, he's just so just, I mean, obviously a genius that would have been, um, remarkable to watch him work. Both men gone too soon. Yes. Too Tragic soon. Losses. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some future projects. I know you've got the veil coming up the unseen also mm-hmm. i think it was announced yesterday or maybe it was the day before uh, yeah Sweet molly yes yes what just can you just tell us about any of these yeah so the veil um is a film that i shot in pennsylvania earlier this year in march um and i can't say too much about it yet because um I don't want to give anything away <laughs> as far as the story. It is a thriller mystery. And um, I play a uh, young Amish woman um, who shows up at a um, retired priest's house. Um, and I'll just leave it at that for now. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, more to come for that one. I'm really excited for uh, people to see it. Um, I haven't seen a cut yet, but just from what we've been filming, I feel like it's really going to be um, really interesting, um, fantastic film from what I feel like um not to do my own horn or say that i'm great but just the film itself i think um the writing and the, and the directing and everybody involved was just um incredible so i'm excited for that one to come out um the unseen um i shot in chicago over the summer it stars uh, rj mitty from breaking bad and he plays a lawyer who is struggling with um his past um i can't i shouldn't say who i play I play a character called Millie, but I, I shouldn't say how I'm involved um, in the story yet because it would be a spoiler. <laughs> but I am excited for people to see that one too. It's a it's a it's a horror, but also has um, a good mystery that you're trying to figure out and trying to solve along the way. Um, you know, great cast, great crew. I'm really excited for people to see that one as well. Um, probably both of those will probably be out next year. Uh, I imagine. Um, and then you just talked about Sweet Molly that was just announced. Um, basically it's, it's a horror sci-fi drama about a young uh, woman who is in the FLDS religion, um, who astro projects and makes a chilling discovery is Mm. what I can say about that one. Mm. So I'm excited to be filming that one, um, next year. Awesome. Um, in Utah. And that's, I think that's on Kickstarter, I believe. It is, it is on Kickstarter. Um, it's a short film. It's a, amazing script um when i read it i was just like floored and and emotionally um gutted i don't i don't want to say too much about the plot but it deals with you know the the mormon religion and um you know marrying uh trying to marry off girls that are too young to be married and um what that what that looks like um and so if people want to check it out, it's on uh, Sweet Molly on Instagram. They have a link to their Kickstarter. We have about uh, 19 days left to to raise um, the rest of the money to get to get the short film made. Um, the director also has a feature that, you know, he wants to make as well. So his, both of those scripts are just incredible. So really um, excited to be a part of a part of the project. Well, I will definitely be putting the link to the Kickstarter in the description of this video. So thank you so on. much. That would be amazing. Uh, in closing, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to chat with me today. This whole thing kind of happened by accident. Um, you actually reposted a, a post with like me gushing over two witches on Instagram. <laughs> and you accidentally incorrectly tagged me and you messaged me to apologize, which wasn't necessary at all. Because 
who am I? <laughs> and then we just got to chatting. I threw it out there. Hey, you want to talk about this in the podcast? And never thought you would say yes or even respond. And you were like, yeah. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, you're like wait now i have to do it no yeah i was like wait 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 i gotta learn how to interview somebody and like do stuff <laughs> no you you're great thank you so much for all your support uh for the film and the fact that you loved it, it just means so much to to the to us um you know we made uh just a little movie and didn't know where it was going to go so the fact that people are enjoying it just um means a lot and thank you for putting promoting it and putting it out there and you great interview so oh, well thank you i would love to have you back when The Veil and The Unseen release. Yes, absolutely. And one more question on the way out. When can we expect three witches? <laughs> well, it's two witches part two, but I do like the idea of three witches. Um, the script is written, so we are looking to uh, get in, start in production. So I'm really excited to um, be, you know, revisiting Masha and playing her again and uh, seeing where her powers will take her. And I also want to mention, just in case, uh, where else you can see the film. Because um, if people don't have Arrow, it is now on Amazon, on Apple uh, TV, on iTunes, and they're doing a flash sale where you can rent the movie for literally 99 cents. So There's literally no reason not yeah, to watch you this. Can't, yeah, there, it can't get better than that. Um, that so people should definitely check it out. <laughs> And I, once again, being a huge physical media guy, would like to push the Blu-ray as well. So, guys, girls, check out Two Witches. It's phenomenal. Rebecca, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Awesome. Thank you.